Welcome to another episode of a podcast about falling down and not getting back up. I'm your host, Spencer Shepard. Join with me always is... Junk. Hey, Aston, my friend. Yes, sir. He's What's being interviewed on? today. What's the dealio? Aston, dude, what is the deal? Hey, Aston, have you ever met Josh before? Uh, I think I have. Every time, well, you're definitely you're in the fantasy league. Yeah, we're in, we're in the fantasy league together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, Josh looks familiar. Um, I mean, look, I was in Seattle. Yeah, Josh time. is a, a better looking Neil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, which isn't saying much, but yeah, yeah. I, I'll agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I was in Seattle once, dude, and the one time I was there, Kevin was like my, you know, shepherd and. It oh, just was a complete, fucking, yeah. uh, just extreme, a lot of huh? intoxication, and yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't yeah, really yeah. remember too much, but it was a lot. It was a good time, though. Uh, yeah. All right. So, um, Aston's got kind of a cool story from Houston, Texas. Came up to Portland. Were you doing? Were you truck driving when you were in Houston? Um, yeah, so pretty much, um, I, when I started truck driving, I didn't really live anywhere. Right. So I, um, <clears throat> was in the process of like ending my lease, um, me and my roommate mm-hmm. at the time. And yep. I had pretty much moved my stuff back into my dad's house. And so when I started truck driving, I didn't really live anywhere because, I was doing what's called over the road truck driving. And <clears throat> what that means is, is that you're basically just living on the road. You're driving all across the United States. Yeah. Um, I drove. So you slept, in the, uh, you slept in the truck? Yeah, yeah. They have sleeper cabs. So, you know, it. Um, what's the longest trip bit, you've done? Yeah, it's a little bit more roomier than what people may think. I mean, I had my TV, my yeah. PlayStation. Um, there's a lot of amenities in those trucks that people probably don't uh, realize. So it is easy to live in them, but. Um, I was at, when I was doing it, I, I lived in Houston. Yeah. But I was really like living in the truck, you know what I mean? Cause I didn't have like an apartment. Yeah. Or like that. <clears throat> what's the, uh, what's the longest trip you've ever done? Um, under one load, I went from Lakewood, California and I had six drops in New Jersey. Oh shit. Damn. Yeah. So I had, when I got to New Jersey, I had six different deliveries. It was uh nursery. So like plants and stuff. So, did you start working for a company, or like, can you do co- like? I don't know a ton about the trucking world. Can't you do like contract work? Yes, you can. So that's called owner operator, owner op, um, and it can it can work in various different ways. Um, you can go and to a uh, to a dealership, and you can go and get financed through a financial in- institution the same way you would. Um, you know, if you were to get a car or whatever, but it's a commercial vehicle. So nine times out of 10, you would do it under like your company name and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, um, you can do owner op, you can do company, um, and you can also lease. So you don't actually own the truck, but you're just using it. Right. So you're paying for the fuel and you're probably paying for a little bit of the maintenance and repair costs, maybe. Um, but most of the time, if you're leasing it, the leasing companies do that. So it's a way to make a little bit more money than company, but not pay as much overhead as owner ops. And then you have different like situations. So for example, it's funny, we're talking about this because I'm actually considering going to over the road and going owner op. That's what I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've been doing it for a while, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like you, how many, like. You have to get different licenses, how like, you know, for different uh, tonnage and things of that nature and like what you're carrying and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So pretty much um, for the driver, um, you have to have a class A CDL and it's class A. There is a class B and all that. But class A is like combination vehicle. And then what that means is pretty much tractor trailer semi what you see on the road um class b would be like a box truck or maybe a bus or some shit like that but class a is the semis and it's only one driver's license but you have certain endorsements so you have 
um, a hazmat endorsement, which allows you to carry or pull hazardous materials. Um, you have a triples and you doubles. You get paid more for those ones? Um, nine times, sometimes. In, in certain situations, you can either get paid more for the load. Uh, if you're like an owner op or if you work for a company, a company may pay you more to do that. Or yeah. you may get an overall raise in some scenarios because yeah. you're able to pull that. Or you're allowed to work for a company that already pays a high amount because they haul hazardous materials and you have yeah. an endorsement. So it, all of these things are beneficial to you. Um, but there's the triples and doubles, which allows you to pull, obviously, triples and doubles, self-exclamatory. Yeah. And then you have um, tankers. Tankers is a separate um, endorsement. And there's a passenger one, but I mean you're not going to be hauling people. So unless you drive, yeah. a bus. so that's not really or, or illegally, but we're, yeah, we're not yeah. going to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're doing people some favors and trying to get them, <laughs> maybe, but you know what I'm saying? Um, legally. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's no point unless you're driving a bus. Um, so uh, I have all of mine except for the passenger one um, because most companies are like uh, LTL, which is the type of company I work for. You have to have all of them because they haul everything. So yep, nice. Yeah. Um, and the companies help you like do whatever classes or whatever means to earn those certificates. Yeah, so it depends. So for example, I found there you have what's called training companies, right? Most companies that train, especially over the road, are normally big companies, right? Because um, they have the extra equipment, they have the the personnel to do it, and all that. Not the um, money to back it. Yeah. And so pretty much um, my specific journey was I signed up with a company, uh, Stevens Transport, and they had a partnership with the community college in Houston at the time, Lone Star College. And Lone right. Star College actually uh, trains you. It's a course you can take on how to be a truck driver. It's a lot longer. It's not the same thing that I went through with Stevens. But, yeah. you know, if you're if you want to do like a more softer, subtle approach to this then you can go the community college route. But Steven's program, they pretty much just paid Lone Star to use their lots. That's pretty much what it was. And gotcha. so Steven's had their own instructors and they would, um, they pretty much train you for three weeks, but they don't train you how to be a truck driver. They just train you on how to get your license, how to pass the test. So for three weeks, you're doing everything that you do at the DMV. And then when you go to Dallas, which is where the headquarters is, when you go to Dallas, that's yeah. when they actually start your training on how to be an actual truck driver, company policies, the law, all, all that, that, all that fun yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. So you grew up in Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, mom and dad split when you were how old? Uh, my parents split around 12, 13. And you were, you had, do you have siblings? Yeah, I have two. I have two uh, half brothers. So I have one older brother. Okay. Uh, he's, he's same dad, different mom. And then okay. I have a younger brother, same dad, different mom. Gotcha. Um, mm -hmm. You ended up, if I remember correctly, you ended up, did you stay with your mom? When yeah, yeah, happened? yeah. So she, she, she raised me. I stayed with her. I mean, I went and visited my dad. I was like. And you guys are good with each other. Oh, yeah. No, my parents, yeah. I mean, both my mom and my dad were, uh, I mean, those are my best friends. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely close. Um, to my parents growing up just simply because um, well number one just you know as you get older you experience your parents as people yeah. instead of just yeah. elders and number two you know when I was younger I was always the kid that kind of like got picked on you know because I was mm. really small I was real skinny so like for the first yeah. maybe like 13 14 years of my life I kind of really tried to avoid i mean i had my friends Conflict. but I, I didn't really try to interact yeah. with people my age too much so i was always like around my parents like my mother and my father so just naturally through that i just became close or whatever and then once you know i got older and all that shit stopped and whatever then i just you know ended right. up doing my own thing but uh or became more social but um yeah i've always been kind of close to my parents because for the extreme early part of my life that's just really all those only people I was really dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I. How are your parents when they split? Like, they they're cool with each other now. 
I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I make jokes all the time to my mom and stuff like that. And I'm like, because, I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, they definitely, like, they hated each other. You know what I'm saying? That's how, and, that's how it ended? Yeah, well, they, it wasn't like they, it wasn't like they, I mean, they got along for me. Like, the co-parenting mm. situation was yeah. okay. You know, they were fantastic parents, but I, there was definitely, like, they, there would definitely like be times where they had to deal with each other and, mm. like, shit would hit the fan. And then when they yeah, were yeah. together and when they were pretty much on the way out, um, you could just definitely tell it was just like, so when they split, I was, I remember feeling just kind of like, kind of relieved, like, okay, well now mm-hmm. they're split. So now things would be a little bit more. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. 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 Cause they hated each other. So, I mean, it's just hate and love are close though, dude. Hate and love are, those are. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah, no, it's the same yeah. emotion. That's true. That's true. You still got to care. Do either. Yeah. Or, so that's yeah, true. Yeah. But no, they definitely did not get along at all. Um, but they're cool now. I mean, um, you know, before my mom moved to North Carolina, uh, my dad, you know, he had the house or whatever. And, mm. you know, she's like going through a rough patch. So during her rough patch, he let her stay at the house for because he ended up getting another house somewhere else. And um, he hey, let her stay. Awesome. At, yeah, he, he stayed, yeah. let her stay at the house for a couple of years. So and then she ended up moving to North Carolina where she's with her family now. But, you know, they. I mean, but I mean, he did that for me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, you know obviously so um but you know but, you're still it's like you know you you create a child with someone man you always no matter if you hate each other or not there's always going to be that bond you know yeah you, i mean yeah, i mean you're in it for life i know it's not yeah. it's not marriage but you are you're, yeah, yeah you're eternally tied to someone so yeah. yeah that's true so houston what's the vibe of houston um well you know it's kind of funny man because for me houston was a little bit different because i moved around a lot so I lived in a lot of different neighborhoods, some good neighborhoods, some bad neighborhoods. Um, so in the beginning, when we first moved to Houston, I was a real young person. I was like, you know, maybe between like, you know, uh, two to like four or five, you know, um, okay. you know, we lived in uh, like the southwest side of town. Right. Um, like Fondren and Beechnut. I know y'all don't know what that is, but if someone's listening and they're from that area, they know at that time, late 90s, hot area crazy shit um someone actually was killed in our yard i mean we didn't see it happen but someone actually ended up dying in our yard i remember that um but after that we were there for maybe like i said like three years or whatever and then we moved um to a better neighborhood to the burbs essentially um and the thing is about houston is everything is really the burbs right so it's like Mm. some people in some areas use that distinction as like um, to describe a good area or a bad area, but you could be in the burbs in Houston and it's bad. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. um, it's just the way it, the structure is set up. It's very like sub suburb heavy, like gotcha. super like suburb heavy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the zip codes are so vast um, that Houston's you know, huge man. Yeah, it's very spread out, and a lot of its numbers come from because there's really a lot of sister cities around Houston. Houston itself really isn't that big, but for whatever reason, a lot of these sister cities like are under the same county and everybody mm. just pretty much just calls everything Houston. And when you say yeah, what side of town, you're like, oh, well, I'm over there near like Jersey Village, which Jersey Village is its own kind of thing. But they'll say Jersey Village or somebody will say Pearland, even though Pearland, once again, its own city. But it's just people kind yeah. of refer to it that way. Um, and it's in the south. So you you know it's yeah. It's, so it's you Texas. consider Texas is Texas is Texas the South or is Houston more like the South? Like you know what I mean? Like Te- yeah, Texas is the South through and through. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, and Texas is a little bit unique. Growing up, I maybe either a took it for advantage or b got annoyed by it. But people in Texas, there's like this extra sense of pride because it's like there's Texas and then there's just like the South. Culturally, it's all the same. But for whatever reason, Texas just has to be Texas about everything. So, you know, they're very (laughs) they're very proud about everything that they do. They love love telling you that they have their own Air Force and Army and that they don't even need to be a part of the country and all this crazy stuff. Like, it's just, you know, it's uh, it's they're really happy to be, you know, Texans and the people who don't agree with them kind of hate it. 
I'm a little bit in between. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really a mm -hmm. country person, but um, Houston is a place where I, I say Houston is the best city in Texas because you don't have this, the, the like extremely concentrated, like stereotypical conservative environment. Mm -hmm. At all four corners like you would in maybe like a yeah. Dallas or something like that. But then at the same right. time, it's not extremely concentrated, unreasonably, you know, like the opposite of that. Right. Like right. you don't have a bunch of like crazy rules and crazy people. Like there's a little bit of there's like a little bit of order and there's like a little bit of chaos. And it's kind of like yep. a decent very well composed balance between the two. So if you really like, you know, the city life and you like having the inner city environment, there is a downtown culture down there. There is an inner city culture. It's a little bit bigger now than it was when I was living there. Mm -hmm. um, but you have that. And if you get tired of that and you don't want to go to that and you want to go do some crazy redneck shit or some, <laughs> just go tell jokes, you can't tell jokes nowhere else. Like, you can just go somewhere else and go hang out with a different group yeah. and go do that, but still stay pretty much in the same area and whatnot. So, and also too, I think what people probably don't get right is that Houston has a very like large, strong, like uh, I guess you could say liberal side of the population. And then it also has a large version of the other side, but at the same time, like there's definitely like a cohesive, they do get along. It's not like yeah. a bunch of, I think people who live in either or would think that there's a lot of like, no, nah, people act, they do live amongst each other because like I said, right. it's mostly, it's a lot of suburbs. So people really just really care about their families. They don't really care about too much else. You know what I'm saying? So people really just concern themselves with like their families and like, we got to get back on. to more of that shit, dude. That's what we need to start getting back to, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're on the West coast and like a lot of us ain't really got kids like that. We ain't got families to really like, immerse ourselves in you know right. we're on the new age shit so you know but um but yeah it's pretty cool um you know but i will say that at the same time it's like um it it's not like i would say if you're like a creative like if you're a creative mind it's a harder city to be kind of successful at because it's mostly like a business town and even right. though it has a lot of like eccentric type of like cultures and stuff like that it's not, it's still all, everybody still moves at that one speed and it's a mm. traditional speed of just, yep. it's just business. You're, you're in business, you're in the medical field or you're doing some type Oil. of color work. And that's just really about it. If you're doing yeah. something else, there's just no outlet unless you create it on your own or unless you go somewhere. So if you're just kind of into other things, um, you know, then it's not the greatest place to be. Right. Like I said, now it's probably a little different. I haven't been there for about five years, but um, now it's gotten a little better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, if if my, a friend of mine, he's a rapper and he's actually really good. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, dude, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to get your shot. It's going to be outside of Houston. I mean, you look at Travis Scott, he don't even live there. You know what I mean? Like right. he left yeah. and blew up. You know what I mean? So it just doesn't have a lot of outlets for people who are kind of into the alternative side of just, you know, life and career and society and shit like that. So is that part of what drove you to move out of Houston was change the scene, change I mean, cause going from Houston, Texas to Portland, Oregon, that's mm -hmm. a, that's a shift. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a few things. So number one, yeah, I, I, I had been there for so long and um growing up like like in high school you know um some of my friends today tease me about it i was a bit of a a hipster you know what i'm saying so i was kind of like i was kind of like someone who maybe should have been you were on that you were on that kid cutty I, shit huh oh dude i dude i was on it dude i still dude I, I i was there i was at the concert i was do i was getting all the limited edition merch like all that the, that crazy dumb shit and um so just, I was with that crowd, like the majority of that part of my life. I mean, I wasn't always with them. I was, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, with the homies, you know, people that I know that like, you know, are in those type of areas, but I was with them a lot too. And so just a lot of things that I just got exposed to, like when How to Make It in America first came out, not when like motherfuckers just started running the reruns and all that, just <laughs> when I was into a lot of those things, it was like, those things existed in the Houston, you know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, they weren't plentiful like they were here. 
culturally people just didn't think there there wasn't a lot of people i guess that thought that way like people did kind of here just the environment and the atmosphere wasn't the same um and one of the things that i just kind of noticed when i first came to portland was like you know there's a lot of like just independent small businesses which mm -hmm. kind of gives into the whole you know um like the create the creative side of the society I yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more of a creative social environment and houston right. was very traditional you know what i'm saying and so yeah. i didn't really see myself going that route especially not like at that age and um the second thing was is i was just looking to change like my career and life totally because there wasn't really that many opportunities. And that sounds weird because it's a big business town, but like I was a mechanic at the time before I became a truck driver. Okay. And this there there is this unspoken dynamic. I don't know how it is today. Like I said, it's been five years, but you got to remember Houston, Texas in general, the Hispanic population is like the majority of the population, yeah. right? And it's been that way longer than what people probably have acknowledged it to be. Right. And the thing is, is what I, you know, me and, you know, friends of mine will tell you it's that you don't speak Spanish, bro. Or if you're not like, <laughs> if, if you just not of that, you're going to like, they're going to blatantly pass up on you on a job. Like you're just not going to get the job. Like that happens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so a lot of opportunities, I just, I was just hitting a bunch of dead ends sure. and you know, um, I just wanted to kind of just change, change up. I wasn't going to go back to school. I didn't really want to do that. So I just kind of yeah. wanted to change up. Um, it just it just never really had any more to offer to me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't really hate um, Houston or nothing like that, you know, but it's just I didn't feel it just didn't feel like at the time. And I guess the cards that I guess I was playing um, that it was just going to work out the way that I wanted to. I just didn't feel like I was going to reach my full potential in terms of yeah. things I wanted to do there. You know what I mean? So. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, someone could have moved from here and went down there and had a great life. You know what I mean? So it's just, right. this is just unique to me, you know, but yeah. that, that's, that was what I was experiencing. Got kind of tired of that. And I said, you know what, let me just do something way different. Yeah. Um, and I did the truck driving thing and, you know, that was kind of a fluke because, you know, I was like really just kind of upset cause I really wanted to be a mechanic and two years of just like failing at it, not working making any it, money, yeah. it just wasn't working. I was given 150% of my effort and I just was like, okay, I have to just let this go because if I don't want to yeah. waste my life, I just have to just keep it real with sure. myself. So yeah. um, I kind of just was sad a little bit because I had always really wanted to be a mechanic, but it just wasn't working out. So I just didn't really know what to do. So I went to a warehouse and I applied for like a forklift job. And it was paying like 13 something bucks an hour. It wasn't great. Um, that was pretty decent at the time, but like it wasn't great or whatever. And someone um, told me to apply for the truck driving position. But I'm like, I don't have a CDL. But me just right. not thinking and me just kind of being naive and not really having my correct mental space. I did right. it anyway. Well, I blew the forklift position. So they didn't hire me at that because <laughs> I went for the truck driving position. And they didn't hire me at that because I didn't have a CDL, obviously. So I was just like, <laughs> you fucked yourself. so upset. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I told my mom about it. And she had a friend of hers who, well, her, her uncle was the one that told me to do it. So I was kind of mad yeah. at him. But then they were like, well, they didn't tell me to actually do it. They told me to just leave the warehouse altogether and then go work for a trucking company that will pay for me to get my CDL. So I started looking for it and um, I found Steven, Steven's transport. They'll pay for it. All you have to do is drive for like a year because truck driving school does cost money and it's not really yeah, cheap. Yeah. You know, it's like mine was like six grand. So, I mean, it's not a whole lot, but it's definitely not cheap. Yeah, and yeah. if you're on your second or third chance, like, you probably don't have that type of money on tap. So yeah. you're kind of yeah. going to have to go in with somebody. And that, those are the terms of their conditions is if you drive with them for a year, they pay for the school completely yep. and you don't have to worry about it. So that's what I did. And it was really rough because the school was in spring, right? 
And, you know, now we're getting into the spread outness of Houston. So, so the school is in spring. Spring is already like 30 minutes north of Houston, right? And then I was living in Sugarland at the time. Sugarland is like, you know, another 30 all that southwest of Houston, right? Probably a little bit deeper, you know what I mean? And yep. so I had to go from Sugarland to Spring every day for three weeks. And I remember just like hating life because I was legitimately for about three weeks just getting like three hours of sleep, four hours if I'm lucky, going and driving a semi, trying to learn, taking the test, like just a bunch of shit. And I just remember like, I think the second week, like the end of the second week, I just was like really frustrated. And I just remember, you know, having a conversation with my mom, like, I don't even know if this is going to work, like pay off. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I'm doing all of this. I kind of wanted to just like not even go anymore. I was like, I can't yeah. do this. It's like, I'm getting three hours of sleep, like all that shit. So I just was like, um, yeah, this, this, like, I don't even know. I'm doing too much for something that I don't know is going to pay off. Right. Right. And so she was just like, well, I mean, you're two weeks in. So, you know, if you pass and you get your license, like, do it. If you don't, then, yeah, whatever. But um, right. I just was like, all right. So I end up, you know, I go that second week. And after that weekend, I got, like, a little bit of a rest, you know. Mm. And um, I went in that, that third week. And then I was the first one. Well, I asked to be the first one to take the test because I was so nervous. Because, see, in Texas – it's weird because in Texas to get your CDL, you have to parallel park the truck with the trailer. Right. But yeah. in other States, you don't have to do that. What you have to do is you have to pass a pre-trip inspection in Texas. You don't have to do that, but at the same time, you got to parallel park a motherfucking semi. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, those are both yeah, not yeah, easy yeah. things because the pre-trip yeah, yeah. is like a hundred and like, <laughs> the pre-trip is pre and post trip is like 130 things you have to like look for. Right. If you do it by the book, it's like a over 120, 130 things. So if you're doing that, like that's like invigorating. And then right. you get out of that and then you have to parallel park a fucking semi. And it's just like, oh, my God, you feel yeah, like you're just yeah. set up to lose. Right. So I just say, you know what? I'm going to get this over with. I said, because I want to be done with this shit. Right. Yep. So I go first. I pass. And it didn't really hit me until like I got home and I was packing to go to Dallas, you know. And I was yep. like, holy shit, like I got my permit. Like I really am legally allowed to drive a semi. Like this is crazy. Right. Um, so then, you know, that's pretty much kind of how everything just kind of came from there. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I went to Dallas. I, I went through the training process um, and I had a good trainer. So that's kind of where I had like a little bit of a cheat code. Um, my training time was like a total of three months. So once again, getting frustrated, want to be out of my own. But at the same time, I was probably more prepared than anybody that I had come in with within my class because I had spent yep. so many, so much time on the road training. Um, and then after that, I just started doing it on my own. And it really didn't I didn't really, I guess you could say, um, realize what a decent of an opportunity it was until maybe, what, six, seven months in. You know what I mean? Maybe a little yeah. bit later because, I mean, you got to remember, I'm 23, 22, right? It's all perspective, man. Yeah, I'm 22, going on 20. I'm in the early 20s. I'm not in college. All of my friends yeah. are in college. Everyone that's at that age, they're going yeah. out. They're having fun. It's a great time. And, and I'm bro, sitting I'm on the back of my – Yep, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I'm I was sitting, same thing. Yeah, and it's like I'm sitting on the back of my trailer – in yep. fucking Dodge City, Kansas, looking at a fucking cornfield. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. thinking to myself, you know, am I doing I the right shit? Legitimately, have just like I'm like I, I fucked a lot. You know, I fucked up. You know what I mean? Like when yeah, you're yeah, younger, right. you're like, yep. damn, like am I gonna? You know what I mean? So I just like, hey man, this whole of, podcast um, is this whole podcast is about falling down, man. That's what this thing is about. This is this yeah. is the stories we need. Um, yeah, I want to switch gears on you for a sec. Um, talk about. Some things that I feel like I'm comfortable talking to you about. I don't know if I would be comfortable talking to everyone about. I, I got a question, though, first. Uh, what uh, What was it like living in Portland this summer with, like, all the riots and the protests and everything going on? Like, what was that like? Um, well, for, for starters, I would say, because, a lot, you know, my family kept calling me about that. For starters, it was really small. Like, I guess, like, a lot Way of it was overhyped. Just, 
Yeah, it was. It wasn't. I mean, shit was going down, but it was in a small area, and it was not a lot of people, right? Um, you know, I mean, because look, we were out getting shit faced at the marathon, which is in downtown, and that shit's going on. While we're out getting shit faced, so it's just yeah. kind of like, you know, it 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 didn't really. It wasn't hindering anything. It was in a park, like it was very isolated. Um, yeah. And but in the beginning, when you actually had like you know black folks out there protesting about the issue and stuff like that, um, I mean it. It. I mean it. It was. I didn't have like a specific opinion. It was what it was. It was a protest. It was a fucked up situation, and you know they were just you know being heard about it. But it seemed like. Once the black folks like left, like once we left and just went back to just, I guess, to work or whatever. Yeah. That's when, like, I guess you had all these whatever, whatever their H.I.J. Crazy white boys. Yeah, whatever. Whatever their group name is. (laughs) They go out there and they start fucking shit up and they started looting and all of that. And so. um, And then who does it make it look bad for? That's the fucked up thing. Oh, well, no, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, it always falls back on, you know, the 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 cause or whatever, yeah. um, because if people who are not, you know, well, I guess not people, involved. almost because people are informed, people know this stuff goes on, but at the same time, I guess people who are watching and people who aren't as informed look at this and they're just like, they just assume, they just kind of, you know, like just, they lump it all together, you know, and they're yeah. like, oh, well, look, there's looting and this and that. And so it just, it definitely, it always hurts the image, but that's the thing is like, that's kind of an unspoken plight is that, you know, there's always like, whenever you have an issue, there's always someone or some group that's going to try and piggyback off of that. Mm. And unfortunately, whether that person or group has a decent intention, it ends up just fucking your whole plans up because now you have a bunch of people that are piggybacking off of your shit and the people that you're trying to speak to can't even really hear you. Like you're just, you end yeah. up being drowned out. So, um, and then you got, you know, violence and stuff like that happening. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't help, especially with the stigma that already exists. Like it didn't help. And, yeah. but I think a lot of people with the internet, I think more people were seeing that, like, especially here in Portland, like it wasn't no black folks. So we wasn't doing that. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we yeah. not like, yeah, like we not like Ted Wheeler is cool with tear gas. We not. Okay, we don't do that. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not. We're, yeah, yeah, no. Nah, we just gonna let them do them, and then yeah. So, so, uh, um, okay. So, you're you have a lot of like different friends from different backgrounds. You know, especially like from trucking to living in Houston to now living in Portland. Uh, having, I mean, Neil's your fucking friend. That's a travesty in itself, right? But like, uh, <laughs> look, what, man. Yeah. Hey, I do mean, you, do you think it's um, do you? Do you behave differently around, I mean, I think everyone does subconsciously, like you behave differently around your black friends than you would with like me. Um, Is there a, do you have, so one, a two part question, which is what do you think causes us to like, as people like kind of behave differently when we like, I like you, we're like each other, right? We're friends. Yeah. But why, but like, I think that if we were in separate, you know, if I was like maybe in a room with your friends, and it was a primarily back, like, you know, it's like you and your friends were black and it was, I was the only white guy. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that would feel for me as it's been for you, where you've probably been the only black guy in a room full of white guys a lot of the times, right? How does that feel for you? And also, when, do, when can you tell when, like, there's that white guy that's just, like, no fun to be around, if we know what I mean? Um, <laughs> okay. Well, to answer, to answer the first part of that question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have friends of a large, uh, uh, spectrum, um, simply yeah. because like I told you, went to a lot of different schools, been a lot of different, lived in a lot of different neighborhoods. Yeah. So naturally you end up befriending people from a lot of different places. Um, yeah. that's played to my benefit because I had a much earlier age, when you're kind of forced to try and do that whole like fit in, you know, kind of go who, with the, yeah, figure with out the who flow. you are. Yeah, yeah. You, you, like you, you're kind of forced to break that. So like, cause you get to a point where you're just tired. You're like, you know what? Fuck all y'all. All y'all the same anyway. Like, if you're gonna like mm. me, you're gonna like me. If you're not, you're not. And there's really nothing. Yeah, yeah. So at a very early age, 
I've grasped that mentality and just kind of moved. Because by the time I got to high school, that's pretty much how I was feeling. And when I got there, that's when I ended up becoming like the most social. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, and to to the other part of that, like for me, I think the reason I'm trying to think of a way to say it. Okay, so culturally, like, right, we'll just keep it like black and white, just so people okay. don't get lost. Culturally, yeah. right, like, for example, when I and like Neil was the first person to point it out one day when we were hanging out. And, and I've always been aware of it, but for him to see it was like kind of impressive. But anytime I go somewhere, right, and I see some black folks, even if it's a lot of black people around, it's, you, it's, hey, you know, what's happening? What's going on, brother? It like It's not like, a, oh, we're outnumbered or we're like, you know, we're outnumbered. We got to do something. It's just like right. that culturally, as you're raised in a black household or a black environment, you know what I'm saying? You just you're 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 you learn to just kind of look at someone not necessarily. They're not your kin, but like you know, your equal, your brother, your sister, like, you, you know what I'm back. saying? That's what we say. And so yeah. it's just a kind of, a, um, it's kind of like a just absorbed like type of practice that you get in that type of environment. And what I've noticed from living here is that, you know, white folks, and even, even in Texas, like y'all are not as close as a culture. Y'all just kind of, you know what I mean? Like y'all, there's not like a sense of like bondmanship outside mm. of like friends and all that and family yep. you know what i mean yeah. but like yep. it seems like with y'all there's no signature like strong connection so i just think that's just where the difference lies because i think if you're a white person and you're chilling with like a bunch of black folks like that or black dudes or if you're hanging out you can you see that and you're like man like those two dudes have never met but like you know they're acting like they like they've known each other for years 100 yeah and so um, I just think that's the difference between that. Um, and what was the second question? The second question was basically what makes – like how do you identify when someone's like – I guess kind of like we were talking about the other day in our group chat, like the dudes that aren't getting invited to the barbecue. Yeah. Um, you know what I – know? we know what I normally will go by, like uh, authenticity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, someone that's like, I guess, doing harm out of ignorance can be taught, mm. but someone that's doing harm out of like desire, like it's just, yeah, you just a bad person. Right. Cause you know better right. and you're still doing it. Um, so with me, I just, I just go by authenticity because even if someone's being like rude to me or whatever, if someone is being open about it, then it gives me the opportunity to just deal with that person properly. But yeah. when I think when when I wouldn't bring someone to the barbecue is when I see them, when I've seen them interact with multiple different people and they mm. kind of like shape shift. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like they kind of just they're being inauthentic and it's for reasons that they don't even need to be inauthentic for. Right. So for me, that's what I would say is when when pretty much yeah. when you're when you have somebody around and you just can't trust what they say, maybe mm. not with, like if you just simply just can't trust the things that are coming out of their mouth then it's like, okay, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't, you know what I'm saying? Right. Also too, um, being someone who's friends with a lot of different people too, is that you like, you gotta be self-aware, right? Because if you're gonna be yeah. friends with a bunch of different people, you just have to take things into consideration. And if I have a friend of mine or a group of friends that I just know aren't just gonna take things the way that they should be taken. And if they're going to be in a bunch of a crowd of people who are going to be very like, you know, flighty and joking and witty and stuff like that, like if the sense of humor is not going to match up and there could potentially right. be a problem or something like that, then yeah, I'll like, you know, I won't try to get those two people all in one room like that. Or if <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. it'll be kind of limited. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like if, if I have the opportunity to prevent a problem, I will. And what yeah. I normally do is, is I just, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks, but you just kind of have to try and make time for everyone in your group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just got to do that. And um, also, too, you got I got friends that are just like hermits. Right. They just don't want to leave the crib. So, you know, when I go to Houston, it's a couple of homies that they're not going to want to go hang out. They're not going to want to go drink it up or party or nothing like that. Right. They're going to want to sit at home. But 
that's the homie. Like the family is like an extended family. So when I go, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, well, I'm just going to take this whole day, put it to the side. I'm going to go to his crib and we just going to sit in the crib and just chat and kick it like how we was doing in high school yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? So, you know, and if I can't do that, I can't do that. But at the same time, you just kind of have to, you kind of have to cater to it. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the yeah. day, like these are your friends and, you know, unconditional acceptance is like kind of hard to come by. So, you know, it ends up for being sure. work if you, if you're a person that's loved by many, but I don't know. It's kind of a good thing though. So, um, I, my parents split up when I was really little. They've, yeah. beca- they've been friends with each other. So, like, it's been a very easy thing for me, right? Mm-hmm. No problem. Had a good childhood. Mom lived in the city. Dad lived on the island. Um, lived with mom. And that wasn't, you know, like, we weren't – I'm not going to be like we had a struggle because we didn't. But we weren't making mm-hmm. – like, you know, she was working at a restaurant. Yeah. You know, we weren't making good money. We lived yeah, in a part of town where not everyone else was – I basically, you know, I, when I was to be just straight up honest with you, when I was younger, I, in my head was like, I took on sort of like a, like I'm black because of the fact that I'm like, I've heard it sounds legendary from the way it's told to me. Sounds like the Coke (laughs) white force ones. Yeah. It sounds pretty legendary. I, I, you know, I really, I like, so Alan Iverson was like my hero, right? I'm like, Alan Iverson's the man. That's how I Mm. identified. I was like, I only listened to rap. I'm out nice. I, nice. I was, you know, I was doing, like, when I would go to the park and play pickup basketball, it's like I was the one white kid amongst, like, mainly black kids and Hispanic kids and whatever, right? So it's like, mm. and what I started realizing as I got older is, like, I've, I always, one of the things that you said, which I totally, totally relate to is in the Mexican community, in the black community, there was a sense of, like, they got each other's backs and when, and in fact, like I work with, um, you know, I do construction. I work with like a fair amount of Hispanic guys that are on our crew. Right. And they yeah. are so good to me. Like if you show them like, Hey man, like I'm just a real person. Like you said, I'm being authentic. I'm just like, um, mm-hmm. just being your friend. It's like, they'll be like, you know, they'll give you your old tools. They'll help you out. It's like, there's like this sense of like, yeah, we got each other's backs. Right. Yeah. Um, I always felt, really comfortable because i've always felt like i don't know like black when i've been around black people felt super almost more comfortable than being around a group of white people and i think it's kind of a Mm -hmm. fucked up thing to say but when you don't grow up as wealthy Mm -hmm. you have like unfortunately it's like not it's not ideal but the truth of the matter is like a lot of black like families in our country didn't grow up very wealthy either and so Mm -hmm. therefore a lot of like there's like that sense of like you can like without even saying it you can just like tell with someone Mm -hmm. like you know like yo it's like i'm i feel like i was a person that was when i was younger was like made the most of what i had and what felt like good about that and you can and you can sense when someone else is like that like yo you're forced to bond they have yeah you know and so um i always i was like wonder if like if i uh piss people like off with um, like i don't want people to i don't i would hate for black people to think that i'm trying to yeah. be like culture vulture bro like that would be the last thing i want to do but like i love black people man i love the culture like i love that shit like it's to me who did i think was funnier funny when i was growing up chris tucker rush hour oh, yeah, one my two and three yeah. yeah my favorite movies right like yeah that's the shit that i liked i wasn't faking it i wasn't trying to be like oh i'm trying to be like cool it's like no yeah. i just like that shit yeah was, no like, yeah Oh yeah, go ahead. My bad. No, no. I was just gonna say, does that does that piss you like when you? I think me and you are close enough that you would be able to tell me like, is it lame to be the like? Does it appear to be like, oh, I'm trying to be black or I'm trying to be this or I'm trying to be that or is it like you can see with some people like, no, that's just Spencer being himself. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so pretty much what you're saying is is like you know, and and, and yes, like I can tell when when the love is like authentic, right? So there's mm-hmm. being disingenuous, and then there's being inauthentic. But I think like, so for example, I have a friend of mine. He's white. I say all the time, all the time, like he's blacker than me, right? Like he's <laughs> he is he's not just white. He he is a nigga. He is a full on. <laughs> he is a white dude. He is a negro. He is a nigga, bro. Like to the core. And like 
that's legitimately who he is because number one, that's been his environment his entire life. He is also mm-hmm. from Florida, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's just been, I can just tell like that is just him. He really, he really doesn't know how to be any other way. Um, and me, no, I don't get pissed off when, when someone wants to participate. Cause I mean, I have friends that are Hispanic. I have extended family that is Hispanic and like, I'd be liking right. me some Mexican type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I you know, I oh, mean, yeah. there's things I don't, I don't fully understand the culture. I mean, I probably understand more because I've grown up in it my whole life, but, or most of my life. But at the same time, I don't really go into a situation just kind of knowing, like if I enjoy something, I just like voice my opinion. I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, I enjoy it. But I think sometimes some people can be frustrated, maybe whether they're black or whatever, because I think that, a lot of people kind of will be convenient, right? So you have a lot of people who, I guess, will claim to, I guess, empathize or sympathize with a group of people, but really they're just fascinated, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're just really fascinated because when it comes to, I guess, like we won't even get into just having issues, but a lot of people don't really spend money, right? So like um, there's a mutual friend of ours that like, we had a conversation about this a long time ago and that person got very upset. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what he didn't understand was that it's just like, it's not really about you just saying something or something like that. It, it, it's just that some people will see people do that, like what you're doing, which I don't think what you were doing are wrong. You can be a fan of those things and like that, and that be it. But I think sometimes people get frustrated because you, if you're, at the bottom and if you've been kind of historically i guess you could say misplaced right Right. then you would think that okay well you know if you enjoy what i'm doing if you're enjoying like you know if you're liking everything that i'm literally producing you know what i'm saying then you know maybe get some type of support in a way it doesn't have to be Mm. like oh yeah yeah and, and, and that's the thing is, like, I think a lot of people think it has to be in, like, a political way. It's, like, honestly, like, a lot of people, because, you know, a lot of people here in Portland, and I guess this is a much different topic, but a lot of people here on the coast, it's a little bit more of, of what's a way more of a liberal type of environment. And a lot of people always tell me, like, oh, well, you know, that's better if you're a person of color. But from what I've experienced since I've been living here, it's, like, a lot of it really is disingenuous because it'll be a lot of like, we'll go to a lot of like areas and they have the black lives matter sign or whatever, but it's like, I know that those people don't spend money in black communities. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which is fine. I mean, you can still, you can still support that particular movement, but at the same time, it's like to go very far and just kind of claim yourself when you do that. And then you kind of also make an effort to kind of, kind of separate yourself like you know what i mean from from it yep yep. it's just kind of it just comes off as disingenuous it's just like okay well i mean like what's the point in even having that because you you might feel that way but at the same time you don't really want to deal with us in a way you go to the rally and then you get back in your car and you drive across to the other side of town yeah and you you don't and you yeah yeah, and and you just you know you don't do anything else and and i don't want people thinking that's like i don't want people hearing this and thinking that they're obligated to do things, but it's just, if someone sees that and they, and they say, or they feel that, yo, that's disingenuous or whatever, Mm -hmm. then, I mean, they're not really wrong in saying that, but at the same time, it's just, what's been happening is you have a lot of people who are just like, you know, the internet or whatever. So they're saying a lot of things and they're Mm -hmm. saying a lot, but not a lot is like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, when and people, what are you doing and who are you doing it with and who are you doing it for? And yeah, when and when yeah. the doors are closed, it's like you're you're not as you're not that much different yeah. than the person you're trying to hate on. Like you're really the same yeah. version. You're just in a different, yeah. like a different outfit. You know what I'm saying? And with me, I would I would just prefer the other the other part. You know what mm. I mean? Because if I'm in Texas and it's a bunch of you know Mexicans that just not down with black folks or whoever. They're going right. to let you know, you know, like they'll, they'll, they'll get it all out the way and you can just, you can maneuver around it. You can like, okay. The racism is right up front in your face. It ain't, it's not yeah, hiding like, you, you can, you can deal with it, but mm-hmm. 
I've noticed like up here and in a lot of other just inner city environments in general, it's 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 very like um, you know they want to it's 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 very like uh, uh, what do you call it the de- de- deception. It's very deceitful. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. like you 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 are pretending to kind of like be my ally when in the reality you're just you're just putting a little ceiling over my head. You know what I mean? So it's just Yo. you know. Yeah. But at this but at the same time like people who are desperate are always going to be victims to 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 the group that does that because they're desperate you know what i'm saying if someone says they're going to give you something you're not going to really think about the repercussions you know what i'm saying until you get to that point because you're really only thinking about you know just crucial things all the time so i think that's just what happens i think people just get frustrated because they don't see any thing coming out of it you know what i'm saying so yep. i want to uh, tell you a story and i want to hear your take on it okay this is one okay. of my so i um down by safeco like the the mariner stadium right i uh would go there's this one hot dog stand that i started going to i was really drunk one time i was down there um uh, i think it's like a guy and his brother two black guys on this hot dog stand, right? And they're awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I was there drunk off my ass ass and, and just promoting the hot dog stand. Like I was bringing people into the hot dog stand and they were loving it, right? Cause I was like dancing and going crazy and just like acting a fool. Mm-hmm. Next time I go by, he's like, yo man, what's up? Like, come over here, right? Like come back and sit with my family. Gave me a hot mm-hmm. dog for free. Let me sit and watch television with them. We kind of like became friends. I started every single time I go to the stadium, I'd I go to him like, you know, like, okay, I always go to my guy. I get my hot dog. He's cool with me. You know, if it's, if I get, if I get there like early enough, he'll like, let me like hang out with him and like, what, you know, hang out in the back or whatever. So I'm like, we got this relationship. He hangs out. So we're, we're there one day and I'm really drunk and mm-hmm. white guy with dreadlocks <laughs> starts running away. White guy with dreadlocks that's running away. And they're like, stop that guy. He's a scalper. Uh, and he's selling fake tickets. He's selling fake tickets. And some of the, some of his, like, maybe his cousins or whatever that were there start mm. running after the guy. I start running with them. And they're like, yeah, get the fuck out. They go, he goes like this. That's the, they go, get the fuck out of here. And I go, yeah, that's right. Get out of there, cracker. And, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the best part. They all stop. And give me the look like the fuck you just say. <laughs> so bad, See man. me, I, I love that shit. Yeah, I, I love. Well, that they, shit. I so yeah, they they ended up. Everyone just kind of gave me a look, but then they all started laughing and were just like, "Oh shit," you know, like yeah, yeah, no, because it was definitely unexpected. But at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, all right, you know, yeah, something to laugh at. Yeah, no, I um, like I said, I I, I like that kind of shit. I mean, you definitely have like old school super pro black like people who i guess are just stuck at a certain point in time but at the same time it's just like you know at the end of the day that's kind of like i mean you kind of want that in a sense you know what i mean because when y'all do things like that you normalize the culture like it becomes normal Mm. to people who may not interact with us you know what i'm saying and that's kind of the whole um that's kind of the whole thing that I was talking about, like, you know, a few minutes ago about things being disingenuous and whatnot, because when you're just saying something and you're not actually doing it, it never becomes normalized. Right. So, you know, people doing business with other groups of people, mm-hmm. like, cause and every time people are walking around, like they normally have their kids with them. Right. So it's just like, if you're in an area, if you're in an environment and you're a child, and you just see a lot of things for a lot of times, it's going to become normal, right? You know, when you see certain things, that's why, like, some people, like, I don't really get too, like, crazy when you have people that are pushing to have, like, you know, let's have two black guys in the background on the commercial instead of, like, one or something. <laughs> right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds yeah. kind of corny, but at the same time, like, I understand it because right. it, may be kind of, it, it may look disingenuous, but at the same time, it's like, you're just normalizing it. So yeah. like, you know, when y'all do stuff like that or when anytime some of the culture comes out, you know, in those type of environments, like, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's great because it's 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 being normalized. But as long as it just never gets taken for granted, I would say, mm-hmm. then I mean, it's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, I so sure. I love that type of shit. Um, so what the hell is with Black People Time though? Oh, oh, well, you know, it's well, you just got a dose of it today because you still. Uh, I just gonna, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you're now late, late, late to the interview. I was like, I was like, I mean, CP time, baby. It just <laughs> look, man, look, look. When the system trying to hold you back every day, you know what I'm saying. Ooh. You just don't, you don't always get there on time. All right, <laughs> you know, when you don't always get there on time. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that you I had mean, to get a little just, bit of that Panda Express. Sounded like a little Panda see, Express. I, you know what's funny? I didn't even get that because that was going to take too long. So I um. I just went rent. There was a there was no cars in the Taco Bell, so I said, "All right, I'm gonna just do that." It's quick. So I got I got a couple. Of, like this is some great um, questions for guy that does favorite fast food restaurant. Oh fuck, dude! Favorite? Uh, just okay. McDonald's. Okay. Uh, sketchiest shit you see at a truck stop. Um, I haven't seen. Just when, like, uh, I've seen, like, a couple lot lizards go from, like, truck to truck. So that's pretty gross. <laughs> lot lizards. Um, yeah, does, are there any, like, stories? I've heard that there's, like, some sort of, like, kind of almost, like, ghost stories about, like, um, oh, God. you know, you about like. To, you about to strike a nerve with me. I'm about to hang up this Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> there, no, I mean you there... good. I'm joking. I'm joking. You go ahead, but I'm just like, I, yeah. I, I mean, look, I take all that shit super serious, like mad, like yeah, like wait, wait, that shit wait, wait, wait. Which part of it? Okay, so you scare, yeah. Okay, you believe in it, and it scares you. Is yeah. what you're saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Like all of that shit. Like I mean, I I remember I was having a conversation with a mutual friend of mine. I they were good. joking, and they were joking about getting a Ouija board. And I said, fam, if I ever find out. If I see a Ouija board with my own eyes and it's in your possession, I said, fam, we are no longer friends. Delete my number. I'm leaving. Okay. I'm <laughs> gone. Whatever is attached to you, I don't want it come sticking on me. No, 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 no. It's over. It's done. Just forget about me. Don't even think about me. Don't look at my pictures. Matter of fact, give me your phone so I can delete the pictures of me out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't play, but sorry, I interrupted your question. What was your question? No, that was good. Um, yeah. So when's the last, because this podcast is called Podcast About Falling Down and Not Getting Back Up. So when's yeah. the last time you you ate shit? Very recently. Um, I was working for um, uh, Old Dominion, and uh, I... Number one, I will say that I didn't really want to work there no more. But I was going to be a professional and, like, leave when I could leave. Like, you know, just, you know, don't want to just leave ass out, right? So, um, but my spirit was kind of already broken. I had mentally checked out. Yeah. So, anyway, being in that state of mind, you just start, like, just doing things you don't really care about. So, yeah. long story short... I ended up smoking some weed. Now, in my industry, you can't do that because you get randomly drug screened, right? Yeah. Regardless of it being legal or not, can't do it. Zero tolerance. Nothing. And so I went in a week after that and, like, got popped, right? So they let me go right there on the spot. Well, once they got the news, they let me go right there on the spot. And, um, I, I was making, like, really good money at that job. I mean, it was it wasn't the best job. Like it was definitely like I went into work every day, stressed the fuck out because, you know, I was always heavy. The trucks were slow. Like they just didn't, they never really gave us, my days were longer than what they should have been because of how the company chose to run the company. But, um, and also too, they were a very fire happy type of company. They were one of those companies that if they just feel like cutting your ass. Next man up. Yeah. Like, and and which is crazy because it's an industry where, but that's another topic. That's just how the yeah. manager wants to run his terminal. But um, yeah, it just, it just, it, I, I got let go. I was making a lot of money, more money than I had ever made in my life, more than I would ever think that I would ever make. And it just kind of ended. 
You know what I'm saying? It just kind of was done. And I didn't really have enough time to develop a plan afterwards. I mean, I had saved quite a bit of money up. So, you know, I was able to just kind of take some time off, enjoy myself. It was the summer. Um, but when it initially happened, I remember just it was three whole days of me just literally being in the bed and just being kind of like, man, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going to yeah. recover. I'm going to have to leave immediately. Like, pretty much just my whole life in my mind was just kind of like, all right. Like, I think I, I think I had fucked up more than I really intended to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think I think this is way worse than what I originally planned because I didn't really see yeah. me myself. I didn't see myself coming out of that, to be honest with you, because number yeah. one, I'd never done that before. And I'd never known anybody that it happened to. So I don't know what the protocol of what that was for. Right. So a lot of the fear right. was due to ignorance, but I just, I mean, in my mind, I didn't think I was recovering yeah. from that. I didn't think I was, but, um, you know, that's kind of where good people come, comes into play, man. That's where having good friends comes into play. Like, uh, you know, uh, believe it or not, like my buddy, um, you know, Colin, who I'm sure y'all know, uh, kind of mm -hmm. like talked me off the ledge and uh, kind of like got me right professionally. Cause there was a lot of things professionally that I never had done. You know right. what I'm saying? Cause I never really thought that I would kind of be in this position and sure. so he just kind of got me right, kind of put me on some new game and just really kind of like kind of just chilled me out and just like, you know, helped me kind of slowly get right on up. So, you know, it was, um, you know, mad, you know, mad, you know, props to him for being, you know, such a damn good person. Dude, you, need, you, need, you need good friends, man. It's, you you got to have good friends. Yeah. You got to have a support system, dude. I'm glad yeah, you're staying. I'm glad it's you're going to be. Yeah. The West Coast with us, man, it's a good thing. I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. for you. I mean, that was falling down and getting back up, which we're not big fans of, but, you know, like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, oh, in this case, I'm glad kidding. that you got oh, up. Okay. Oh, okay. I got I'm one talking about, I was thinking you were going to talk about, like, tripping down the stairs, eating shit when you were drunk, leaving oh, the bar. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, maybe, you got to be more specific, dude. I, maybe I you try to get a girl, maybe you try to get a girl's number and she, like, you know, oh, okay. I, there's a, I mean, when shit was open, I swear to God, dude, I, I feel like that's all me and Neil did was just go out just to get rejected. I mean, <laughs> the rejection stories, I mean, are just insane. Um, when, when did when I fall down? I never recovered. I just fucked that. Oh, <laughs> I all right. So I, here's one. I never recovered. So, and this was this one's kind of um crazy because i i was i don't really remember it so i'm telling you everything that was just told to me yeah, so yeah. this is back in houston we're at this place called drink houston right sounds like you're gonna get drunk wasted right and i'm yeah. and i'm truck driving so like this was around the time where like i had money but i didn't know it right mm. like i didn't realize i had money because i just was used to not really having it so i just really kept i just really got drunk and just kept spending and everything just kept coming to me. So it was like a few bottles that were coming. I, I mean, I drank two whole bottles of champagne to myself, right? And we mm. all know what that does to you. So long <laughs> yeah. story short, long story short, I end up um, getting blacked out. And then my friend Marshall was like, he goes, he was like, bro, you don't understand how bad you fucked up last night. And I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, so at this club, there's like these like go-go dancers or whatever, right? Yeah. And he goes, bro, he goes, I'm not lying to you. He goes, dude, one of the go-go dancers like got off, right? She saw you and like, like y'all just started just dancing and just going at it, right? Damn. And like, he was like, she legitimately <laughs> was like the most attractive female, like at least they could see in the club, right? And it was mm -hmm. packed. He was like, bro, the hottest chick in the building just walks up to you and y'all just start going at it. And then he was like, after about maybe two hours, I'm thinking you finna close that deal. He goes, bro, you literally just look up and then walk off. <laughs> <laughs> he said, bro, I said, he was like, I didn't realize, he claimed that he didn't realize I was that drunk, right? I have no recollection of, I don't even remember dancing with anyone that night, right? And 
he was like, yeah. And then I had my other friend. Uh, he was like, he's he has this fetish for like Indian girls or whatever. Mm. And so she just, just happened to be like Indian, whatever, which is rare to me because like they normally just don't like they just don't see black guys like that. Right. Like it just normally <laughs> don't happen like that. And so uh, he was like, oh, dude, I honestly I was so jealous. I ain't gonna lie. I was hating on you. I was mad. You know what I'm saying? And all that. And I'm like, fam, I don't remember. And then later that night, not only do I miss out on the girl, but apparently we get home and I hop out of the car and I just physically face plant on the. Now that's what I'm talking about. On the yard, family guy style. (laughs) That's that's the family guy that I've been talking about. Now that's what I'm talking about. Never got up. Yep. Yep. Hey, and Ashley, then there man, was, it's been such a yeah. fucking fun podcast, dude. I'm I'm so happy to have you on. Yeah, this has been good. Yeah, it was fun, man. I, I appreciate it, man. It was a fun time. Um, Josh, you have anything you want to ask Aston? Uh, I think I I think I got it out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aston, anything that you feel like you want to ask us, or are we we all good here, man? Nah, we're good, man. Um, you know. Thanks for that dub last week, even though I'm not going to get in the postseason. Um, this is yeah, but like- I'm, I'm <laughs> dude, you fucked me up, and now I, you, it was me <laughs> and you battling for the bitch, bitch bottom. Uh, and then, you know what's funny? I feel like last season, that's exactly what happened. It was me and you duking it out not to be last. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's unfortunate what's been going on with me and you. I mean, honestly, dude, that could just be our thing, dude. Fuck the rest of them, all right? If they're, if they're too cool to just, you know, be ground level, then we'll just do our thing, okay? And we love, I mean, we love Deshaun Watson. Yeah, oh, y'all, dude. I, you know what's funny is I had a friend of mine. During that draft, he was talking shit, right? He didn't even want Deshaun. Cause he doesn't watch college, right? Yeah. And so, I was like, Nah, bro, you want this mother? Like, bro, if y'all get like, if, if y'all get this nigga, like, you're crazy if like if you don't want him. And then they yeah. got him, and then he, I guess he like looked him up once they picked him, and he was like, Oh man, we finna be so loud. And I'm like, Yeah, shut the fuck up, nigga. Of course, of course you think that now you do. So, but yeah, nah, Deshaun Watson's cool, but. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm not a fan of the Texans. I like the Astros, but the Texans only team from Houston I don't like. So that's all right. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you, man. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. Hit me up anytime, man. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll be. I'll be talking to you when I come down to Portland. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me know. Yeah, let me know when you're down here, man. Because I got weekends off now. I have like a actual better job. That was the end that, that other is, story. So yeah, we can perfect. get to it. Yeah. Yep. All right, dude. All right, man. Happy holidays, y'all. Yeah, you too. Peace. Peace.